In this age of Kali, the direct method is especially more feasible than the indirect because people are short-living, their intelligence is poor, and they are poverty-stricken and embarrassed by so many miserable disturbances. Lord Chaitanya, therefore, has given the greatest boon in this age. One simply has to chant the holy name of God to attain perfection in spiritual life. The words samprapede harim mean that in various ways Kardamamuni satisfied the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Hari, by his devotional service. Devotional service is also expressed by the word kriyayogena. Kardamamuni not only meditated but also engaged in devotional service. To attain perfection in yoga practice or meditation, one must act in devotional service by hearing, chanting, remembering, etc. Remembering is meditation also. But who is to be remembered? One should remember the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Not only must one remember the Supreme Person, one must hear about the activities of the Lord and chant His glories. This information is in the authoritative scriptures. After engaging himself for 10,000 years and performing different types of devotional service, Karnamamuni attained the perfection of meditation. But that is not possible in this age of Kali, wherein it is very difficult to live for as much as 100 years. At the present moment, who will be successful in the rigid performance of the many yoga rules and regulations? Moreover, perfection is attained only by those who are surrendered souls. Where there is no mention of the personality of Godhead, where is their surrender? And where there is no mention of the person meditation upon the personality of Godhead, where is the yoga practice? Unfortunately, people in this age, especially persons who are of a demoniac nature, want to be cheated. Remember that. If we have demoniac nature, that means we want to be cheated. I'm going to ask you something about that later. Want to be cheated. Thus, the Supreme Personality of Godhead sends great cheaters who mislead them in the name of yoga and render their lives useless and doomed. In Bhagavad Gita, therefore, it is clearly stated in the 16th chapter, verse 17, that rascals of self-made authority being puffed up by illegally collected money, perform yoga without following the authoritative books. They are very proud of the money they have plundered from innocent persons who, here it is again, want to be cheated. Sila Prabhupada ki jai. yukena kriya yogena karadamaha samprapede harim bhaktiya Prapandam Varadashisham Om Ajnana Timarandasya Jnana Jnana Shalakaya Chakshurun Militam Jena Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha I was born in the darkest ignorance and my spiritual master is kindly opening my eyes with the torch of knowledge. I offer my respectful obeisances unto him. So a little um, recap, because we just started the chapter. 
conversation between Manu and Karnama. It's just about to happen, too. Finally, they're going to speak. So in texts 1 through 5, Vidura began asking Maitreya questions about Karnama Muni. So now the whole course of the rest of the Kano is going toward Karnama Muni, Devahuri, and especially Lord Kapiladev, who will illumine the whole rest of the canto with uh, Sankhya, analytical uh, study of spirit and matter. Questions about Kardamuni, who had appeared from... Anybody have, know, remember how Kardamuni appeared? It's pretty mystical. <laughs> it said back in... We already read it. It's 312.27. He appeared from Burma's shadow. Wow. He's Burma's shadow son. And um, about Kardamuni and Devahuri. And Devahuri is one of Svambhubhumano's three daughters. It's Devahuri, Akuti, and Prasuti. Who would become the devoted parents of Lord Kapiladev, the Samkhya avatar, whose teachings will illumine the rest of the third canon. So this whole... Um, Anyway, I'll come back to that. Now, in the, in the text that uh, Atul Prabhu um, spoke on, it's, this is where Maitreya, well, I'll just read it. The great sage Maitreya replied. First, Vidura is asking him to speak about Kardama, and then Maitreya replied yesterday, commanded by Lord Brahma to beget children in the worlds, the worshipful Kardamuni, practiced penance on the bank of the river Saraswati for a period of 10,000 years. So, yeah, so starting with the next, with yesterday's text, Maitreya began to explain to Kardam, uh, to Vidura, how Karda prepared himself to produce good progeny by practicing mystic yoga on the river Saraswati's banks for 10,000 years. So, uh, if, you, if you remember, um, Prabhupada says, you might think this is strange, how we're talking now, because it's, it's all about uh, sexual intercourse, and how progeny are produced. And, but this is all in connection with producing good progeny, and that, that's, that's a whole art, it's a whole science, and especially because kardam is a prajapati, um, that and Manu is a prajapati, that they, their duty is to produce a good progeny. So to prepare himself to produce good progeny, Kardamuni, he goes off to meditate for 10,000 years. So, so in his text, so in his purport to text 5, as, as Tulpabu read, uh, Prabhupada expressed his disbelief how people could fall for bogus yogis who delivered cheap yoga to, quote, become God by meditation for 15 minutes daily. You just do this 15 minutes a day, and you, and you become God. This is like cheaters and the cheated. Now, in today's text, number seven, Srila Prabhupada continues to contrast bona fide and bogus yoga by pointing out that Quote, whether one practices yoga or speculates and does research to find God, 
one's efforts must be mixed with the process of devotion. Without devotion, nothing can be perfect. So, uh, was it, who was saying it? Was it Dravida or maybe Dravada Prabhu? That when uh, people are making a prayer, or when people are, oh, yeah, it was when, uh, uh, I think Dravida Prabhu was giving class and then Divya was saying, oh, whenever she, oh yeah, Dravida was talking about the super soul. And then Divya said, whenever she loses something, she just, she tries real hard to think how to find it, but that, what, what we're doing when we're, we're thinking, it's, it's a kind of prayer, because we, we can't do it on our own. We have to access uh, some agency that's going to give us the remembrance, as Krista says in the Gita, uh, I am the source of remembrance, knowledge, and forget, forgetfulness. Also, when we, um, when we hear about the lives of great thinkers and geniuses and talents, whether it's in music or in invention or mathematics, sometimes they come up against a block and they just can't get it. They can't, they can't push through until later on they're given the inspiration uh, to figure out the formula or the note or whatever their field is to get it. And that's coming from Supersoul. Or else how can we, uh, how can we do, we can't do it on our own. So, um, so Srila Prabhupada is expressing his disbelief in how people could think, because we're so dependent, in other words, that's the whole point. We're so tiny, we're so dependent um, to, uh, on Krishna for everything. How can we think we can become God for 15 minutes a day? Uh, <laughs> there's a sucker born every minute, right? All right. So I just wanted to go to, because it's all about mystic yoga. And yoga, I call I give a kind of corny title, you know, I like the title of the class. Mystic Yogis versus Misfit Rogis. So when I was in Australia, I was really inspired because one of the things they do very expertly and, and sweetly is they cater to the yoga community. And so there's this whole section of New Govardhan. New Govardhan is this thousand-acre farm in the northeast corner of New South Wales, Australia, about 45 minutes from the Gold Coast, uh, which is where surfers and tourists go, and they have great restaurants, and that's how they support the whole farm. But they've, they've allocated uh, Ajit Prabhu, the, the manager of the farm, uh, has allocated a whole many acres of the farm for, to Krishna Village. It's called Krishna Village. And in Krishna Village live all the visiting yogis and the visiting woofers, the, the, uh, and that greater person who travels around to all the organic farms around the world and they, they trade their labor for room and board. So uh, it's really good. So, so the yogis who come, they actually, you know what they get? They get, if they're qualified, if they're, uh, for a fee, they, they get certified as yoga teachers. Because there's a devotee at New Govardhan, he's an expert yoga teacher. And so he knows more about yoga than them. He can do the pasanas and the pranayam, the breathing. 
So they're really happy to get this expert yoga training. And then they also help the woofers plant and grow, cultivate, pick, and cook the organic produce that they grow right there. This Krishna village is a whole self-contained section of New Govardhan. Um, so then they do that. They do that. And then, so, then every day at 9.30 and 12.30 and in the evening too, I never went to their evening meal. They have three meals a day, homegrown, um, and then a devotee amongst them offers it. And then before every meal, they sing a gratitude song, which is, they don't, in other words, the devotees have, have cooked up a little song that these new people can sing to get them into the mood of, if they're not already there, most of them are anyway, but it's pretty, uh, it's kind of neat, a little corny, but it's neat. And I'll tell you how it goes, because I used to take the lunch down there. Beautiful lunch, you know, organic green salad and, and just really good subjis. And, and uh, so before they eat, this is how the song goes. And they're, they're clapping and they're, they're stomping their feet too when they sing. Thank you for this food, thank you for this food. It's healing, it's healing, thank you for this food. Thank you for the cooks, thank you for the cooks. They're cooking, they're cooking, they're cooking for us. Thank you for the servers, thank you for the servers. They're serving, they're serving, they're serving us. Thank you for the cleaners. Thank you for the cleaners. And then they slow down. They're cleaning. They're cleaning. They're cleaning for us. And they're all taking turns doing those services. So they're all very connected. They know they're, they're appreciating each other. Cleaning for us. And then the devotee who's offered the food, she says, Haribo! And they all go, Haribo! Now these are people who, they're just, uh, they've heard that New Govardhan's a cool place to learn about yoga and to practice organic farming. So they come. And then a lot of these people, not about a lot, but some of them, oh, and by the way, they also are more than welcome to go up to the temple and uh, to the class, the morning class, if they're inclined. You know, and uh, and for you know all the whole reading the deities and guru puja, it's like a real cultural kind of experience. And so, depending on where each individual is on their journey, some of them become really attractive. And so, the next stage after Krishna Village, once they've gone through their course or they've gone through their uh, term of engagement, organic farming. Then, they're, if, they're, if they want to keep going in bhakti yoga, and, uh, and, they, and by the way, the teacher of this, like Prabhupada says, nothing can be actually uh, successful without some bhakti. So, uh, the teacher of the yoga, he's a real cool guy, he's uh, from Europe. Where is he from? I think he's from Scandinavia somewhere, Sweden. So, I asked him about how he teaches the yoga. 
And he said, yeah, we do asanas and pranayama and they like it. And, but then I always do kirtan, too. And, and he said, actually, it's, the whole thing is just an excuse to do, do kirtan. <laughs> just a way to get into the threshold of the house of bhakti. So after they graduate from that, then there's something called Krishna Pad. It's kind of the cultural equivalent of Kov, where then they're invited, but only they live there. I guess it's like Krishna House in Florida. You know, the, the students that take Krishna lunch at the University of Florida at the Plaza of the Americas, if they're inclined, they can come and live at Krishna House. They have time or if they're inclined. So that's what they do. So some of the, like when I was there, they had just finished a, um, a semester or whatever they call it. Yeah, I think it's a, they call it a semester. And they, uh, and some of them graduated to Krishna Pad. And then from there, if they want, if they, if it's not too scary, <laughs> then they take the leap. And they, they, they become full-on devotees. I met one fellow there who had just done that. And uh, he was in ecstasy. He was at, well, no, he was at Krishna Pad, that's right. He was, he, he was a student who had some time off between semesters and he just, he was just sort of guided, as he put it, to come to Nugovardhan. He saw some ad or something. And he just was fascinated. So he was obviously evolved. You know, he was ready. He was a ripe fruit. He was dry grass. And he, uh, yeah, he, he gave me a ride to an engagement that had me speak at uh, some center in the Gold Coast. And he drove me there. He told me his whole story. Then drove me to the airport later. Uh, what was his name? I forget. Real nice boy. And he's native Aussie, Australian. So he can stay there. Whereas... People, uh, like I was writing Santamani uh, from Australia, and I, and I was telling her how great it was. She said, that's real nice, but don't get any ideas. You know, I said, no, no, I, that's okay. I, it's only because I have this nice community to serve in that I can go travel. I have a nice, solid, stable base. And anyway, I told her, since the age of terror, uh, terror has, has, has come upon us, Australia, like many places, not as bad as the U.S., but it, it's harder to stay there now. You have to really be native Aussie to stay there for more than three years. So, uh, but it was very inspiring to see uh, real yoga being practiced in Nugovardhan as a way to interest people, introduce people to bhakti. In Nugovardhan, Australia, at their Krishna village, this is exactly the approach the approach being Prabhupada's saying that nothing can actually fructify without bhakti, be successful. The devotee yoga teachers take with the visiting yoga students who work with the visiting woofers to grow, harvest, cook, and serve the prasadam they take three times a day. It's really good prasad. Now, Srila Prabhupada continues his purport by citing Krishna's powerful Bhagavad Gita sixth chapter ending to show that bhakti yoga, devotional service, is the goal of life. So, we know that verse? You know what? Okay, let's see. Yogi namapi sarveshan madgate nantaratmana shadhavan vatate yomam samayukta tamo mataham 
you know the translation? That is my opinion. I love that, but Krishna humbly. It's my opinion. Take it or leave it. I'm only God. But what I, what people sometimes we forget is that that verse is the culmination of a few verses where um, Krishna says, "So and so is higher than that. So and so is higher than that." So let's look at those. Uh, yeah, a yogi is greater than the ascetic. Like somebody goes off to practice austerities. Um, just on his own. Yogi being, meaning someone who's trying to link up with the Supreme. Greater than the empiricist, that's greater than the jnani, who's trying to figure it all out by studying Shastra, just trying to figure it out on his own. And greater than the fruitive worker. So a yogi is greater than the uh, tapasvi or the jnani or the karmi. Therefore, O Arjuna, in all circumstances, be, be a yogi. And then Krishna says, and of all yogis, like Prabhu just said, the one with, who with great faith always abides in me, thinks of me within himself, and renders transcendental loving service to me, he is the most intimately united with me in yoga, and is the highest of all. That is my opinion. Krishna says that at the end of the, or Sanjaya says that too at the end of the Gita too. Um, okay, now by contrast, let's look that's the highest yogi. That's the real yogi. The, the yogi of, as we say, the students who are practicing the yoga of the heart. There's the yoga of the body, the yoga of the mind, the yoga of the heart. Right? Bhakti. Bhakti is the yoga of love and devotion. So Prabhupada ends his purport by citing Krishna's... Okay, we said that. Now why does... Okay. Uh, Oh, yeah, ends his purport by citing Krishna's powerful Gita 16th chapter, text 17, to expose cheating yogis. This is a less known verse, so let's take a look at it. The purport isn't very long. At the end of the 6th chapter to that yogi non-verse is a big long purport, which is very common <coughs> at the end of the chapters. But this is 1617. And this is a, because Krishna in this verse, yeah, <laughs> he's describing the demoniac nature, divine and demoniac natures. So in the 17th text, he says, Atmasambhavita stabda dhanamana vadambhita ha yajante nama jagraiste dambe na vidipurvakam. Self-complacent and always impudent. Self-complacent. It's an interesting word. And always impudent, disrespectful. Deluded by wealth and false prestige, they, they meaning the demoniac, 
sometimes proudly perform sacrifices in name only, without really having the spirit of sacrifice, just to show off and be adored, without following any rules or regulations. So they just make it up. So here's what Prophet says in the purport. Purport. Thinking themselves all in all, not caring for any authority or scripture, the demoniac sometimes performs so-called religious or sacrificial rites, and since they do not believe in authority, they are very impudent. This is due to illusion caused by accumulating some wealth and false prestige. This is typical, especially in Kali Yuga. You get a little money, you get a little 20 minutes of fame, right? And uh, we'll just strut around. Who struts and frets his hour upon the stage, Shakespeare said. Uh, sometimes such demons, El Prophet just calls a spade a spade here. Sometimes such demons take up the role of preacher. Wow. Oh. So it extends into uh, the role of preacher. I think I did I tell you the story about Bhakti Tirtha Maharaj's friend from college who visited him in, <laughs> in Kitanagri, Bhakti Tirtha Maharaj told, I forget, I guess he maybe just told me this. Did he? No, no, it was during a class. Yeah, at Kitanagri. So, in the year 2000. So he said, uh, so out of the blue, I was called up by so-and-so, my friend from Princeton, and uh, he, he had heard that I was in the Hare Krishna movement, that I was a leader in the Hare Krishna movement. And he had gone the route of business. And uh, so he was trying to accumulate wealth. And, but uh, a lot of business is, you know, getting the advantage and, and, and seeing people's weakness and knowing how to manipulate people and like an advertising, stuff like that. So he came to the farm ostensibly just to visit me, an old friend. From Princeton, and then, uh, and then one day he said, "It's time for me to go." John, John Favors, who became Ganesham, who became Tirtha Swami, um, and he said, uh, "So Bhakti Tirtha." He said, uh, "I forget his friend's name, but by the way, I, I, I'm really happy you came. Nice to see you after all these years, but." I sense that you had some other purpose in coming besides just wanting to catch up with me. So he said, oh yeah, well, you know, I'm a businessman and st I, in my studies of how to control people's minds, I, I, I realized that actually the best way to control people is to become a religious leader. <laughs> this is a Kali Yuga religious leader, right? Uh, control people through their oratorical skills or, you know, some other charisma. And, and uh, so, actually, I learned a lot. I learned a lot from you. And, and it really woke me up because I can see you actually are a servant leader. You're not simply a, a bogus leader. You know, you, you walk the talk and you practice what you preach and 
never ask your followers to do anything you wouldn't do. So he was very impressed with uh, the late great Bhaktivedanta Maharaj. Uh, so such, sometimes such demons take up the role of preacher. So in Kali Yuga, there's more counterfeit than there is authentic. So even in the realm of religion, mislead the people and become known as religious reformers or as incarnations of God. They make a show of performing sacrifices, or they worship the demigods, or manufacture their own god. Common men advertise them as god and worship them, and by the foolish, oh, and by the foolish, they are considered advanced in the principles of religion or in the principles of spiritual knowledge. Again, there's a sucker born every minute. They take the dress of the renounced order of life and engage in all nonsense in that dress. Actually, there are so many restrictions for one who has renounced this world. The demons, however, do not care for such restrictions. They think that whatever path one can create is one's own path. So that's a very thinly veiled swipe that will... I'll read the sentence again. They think that whatever path one can create is one's own path. Ravi Krishna. Whatever you, whatever you, whatever you think, that's the path. It's totally bogus. They think that whatever path one can create is one's own path. There is no such, in other words, you can make up your way back to Godhead, but you can't do that. There is no such thing as a standard path one has to follow. The word avidipurvakam, meaning a disregard for the rules and regulations, is especially stressed here. This is this is a real hallmark of a demon. It doesn't follow any yum yum, any do's and don'ts. These things are always due to ignorance, ignorance, and illusion. Right. So now I want to come back to yeah. Remember that line? I think it was twice in the purport. Um, Let's see. Yeah, people want, let's see. And other is in all of them. All right. Um, maybe it's in the purport. Yeah. So, yes. Uh, let's see. Okay, well, I'll just read the last one. The last one. Thus, the Supreme Personality of God... Okay, for the backstory. Unfortunately, people in this age, especially persons who are of a demoniac nature, want to be cheated. Thus, the Supreme Personality of Godhead sends great cheaters who mislead them in the name of yoga and render their lives useless and doomed. Uh, and again, at the end of the purport, they are very proud of the money they have plundered from innocent persons, who want to be cheated. Now, that sound, doesn't that sound counterintuitive? I mean, who wants to be? Nick Prabhu, let's go get cheated today. Let's go to the store and get a real bad deal. Why does, but Prophet says there's a lot. People want to be cheated. What does that mean? Let's kind of try to understand maybe in a little deeper way. Oh, we let us know. That they want things cheap, so therefore, Right, right. That's that's our tendency. 
Kali Yuga. That's why Prabhupada would make fun of his dancing white elephants when they go to the market. Or even later, when Gurudas and Jamuna were spearheading the drive to build Krishna Balaram. And then Prabhupada, he leaves it in, their, in the hands of his disciples uh, and, and Surabhi, the architect uh, from Holland. Holland, yeah. Um, but, but Prabhupada would repeatedly have to go back to Vrindavan to supervise because they were being cheated. They thought they were getting a good deal. They thought they were, because it was all in rupees and American money looked a lot more, but they were actually paying, the devotees were paying 10 times more than the locals for the same materials. And they, even they were, they were, you know, mixing inferior quality stuff in with uh, the cement. They thought they were getting good cement or bricks, right? So Prabhupada said, you are damn cheap babus, which means because uh, the, the cheaters quickly realized that these naive Americans were thinking they were getting a damn cheap baba. It's damn cheap. <laughs> when actually they were paying ten times more than the rate, than the normal rate. So Prabhupada said, you are damn cheap babus. You are simply pure fools. They're completely fooling you. So I have to come back here. I have to break my preaching tour to come back here and, uh, and deal with these people myself because I know how to deal with them, right? Yeah, so in this world, if we want to get something, if we want to get something for nothing or if we, um, yeah, if we don't want to pay the proper price, I mean, it's always good to get a good deal, but uh, the idea is that, yeah, we're trying to get something for nothing. And that's, that's a cheating tendency. And, and as soon as we... And that's the, that's the dominant defect of the four defects. Imperfect senses and what's the other? Mistakes. Illusion. Illusion and cheating. We're always trying to, you know, put one over on <laughs> Krishna, who can see everything we do anyway. Right? Um, like, here's a, here's a confession. Okay, so uh, now Sandamani is gone from the buffet. Now I'm going to take that Maha, uh, what is it called? Entree. <laughs> the entree. Because <laughs> I offered it. I just asked Sandamani this morning, would you like me to go back to uh, offering? Yeah, and by the way, you can do the setup too. Okay, that's fine. I like this. I said, good, I can offer and then I can take the Maha. <laughs> so this is the kind, you know, this is the mentality we're trying to. Always try to uh, get something for our sense gratification. So Cardinal Muni, he's he he's been ordered. He's the shadow son of Brahma. He's one of these mystic uh, prajapadis, and so he's good. He's in the mode. Back back on uh, three twelve twenty seven. That's where it says that he's the mystic. He's the shadow son of Brahma. And he's in goodness. Yet some of the others were in ignorance. Remember those demons who were chasing Brahma? So, um, so he knows that to really produce good progeny, I've got to, be, I've got to learn sense control. So 10,000 years of mystic yoga. And it said Kriya. What is it? Kriti. Let's say, where's that? Kriya yoga. Yeah, Kriya yogina. So what is Kriya Yoga? It's mentioned in Nectar Devotion. 
It's a kind of uh, devotional service for mystic yogis. So you might hear people say, yes, I'm practicing Kriya Yoga, but then you can refer them to this. If you want to practice the real mystic yoga system, you got to have a lifespan, first of all, of like 100,000 years. <laughs> and it takes you 10,000 years to perfect it in the best of circumstances at the river Saraswati. Yeah. He was actually by Bindu Sarovara, surrounded by the Saraswati. It's a very mystical place. Okay, so it's 8.48. I'll read the verse again if you have any questions or comments. So this is Maitreya, continuing to answer Vidura's questions. During that period of penance, the sage Kardama, by worship through devotional service and trance, propitiated, means appease or please or satisfy, the personality of Godhead, who is the quick bestower of all blessings upon those who flee to him for protection. That's a hint. You gotta run. <laughs> run to his lotus feet. Okay, any questions or comments? Yes, the rules. We understand that Kriya Yogi people meditate and do pranayama to control the internal process like the digestion, especially the control of the chakras to make their energy go up the chakras. Well, that's one aspect. That's one aspect. But Prabhupada pointed out that Samprapede Harim. The words samprapede harim mean that in various ways Kardamuni satisfied the Supreme Personality of God in Hari by his devotional service. Uh, devotional service is also expressed by the word kriya yogena. So Kardamuni not only meditated like that process you're describing, but also engaged in devotional service. To attain perfection in yoga practice or meditation, one must act in devotional service by hearing, chanting, remembering, etc. That's, that's the real Kriya Yoga. That's the complete. So today, the Kriya Yoga is more meditation. Yeah, just on the chakras and, and the Kundalini and powers and all this stuff. It's very self-centered. It's got nothing to do with, you know, not Krishna, not, nothing to do with devotional service. So therefore, Lord Chaitanya came to relieve us from all these other detours into so many other paths and processes. The only practical process feasible in this purport is, as Atul pointed out yesterday, chanting Hare Krishna, Hare Nam, Hare Nam. What is that? Kalair Hare Rajan, all these, yeah, and so many verses. Okay, tomorrow, text 8, and you'll, we'll actually start to see the conversation manifest between Kardam and Manu, because he's going to ask Kardam to marry his daughter, and how he's qualified. He's totally sense-controlled, and he's a prajapati, that's his duty. He's, he has to populate the universe, and Devahuti is an equally qualified tapasvi. Srila Prabhupada, Lord, what the wind the key